All right, it's the Keef to the City Yankees podcast, and the Yankees lose 6-2 to two to the Blue Jays on Tuesday night at the stadium, uh, continuing to suck against the Blue Jays. They're now 2-5 and five against them this season, and with the way they've played against the Blue Jays, the way they've played against the Rays, their two direct competitors for the division, it's not good. And it wasn't good because Clory Kluber left the game early after giving up a two-run home run to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Following his no-hitter, he left with a shoulder injury. He claimed to a shoulder tightness. The Yankees said he'll be evaluated further on Wednesday with more tests with an MRI after the game Kluber said it didn't feel like uh, what he felt last year after pitching one inning and then being shut down for the season but it's not good it's not good when someone with his injury history a shoulder injury shoulder problem last season shoulder surgery last season his age the innings the miles on his arm it's not good and I wouldn't expect to see him anytime soon uh, you know, for someone on any pitcher, let alone a Yankees pitcher, to have a problem enough that they're going to get an MRI, I don't think you're going to see him again in five days. Hopefully, you'll see him again this season because that's what a shoulder problem could turn into. Uh, but I expect to hear Davey Garcia's name here in the near future as he makes the most sense to, to step into this rotation and get a chance to prove himself and be a fixture in the rotation. Uh, but it was the Yankees offense once again that let the team down. Two runs scored. They've now played 48 games this season, and in 28 of those games, they have only scored four runs or less. So another two-run performance from them outside of Aaron Judge. No one continues to do anything. Aaron Boone continues to bat Rugnet Odor ahead of Clint Frazier, even against the lefty. Brett Gardner's in the lineup against lefties when he hasn't hit a left-hander in years. So the Yankees are in some trouble right now. They don't have a center fielder because Aaron Hicks is gone for the season. So Brett Gardner's got to play every day when he looks like he got a one one-year deal too many here as he's been horrible this season. Rugnet Adora continues to suck, continues to play every day though. Uh, and when the starting pitching isn't dominant as it was for the last week and as it been for the last about a month, this is what happens. Because the Yankees are the glorified Rays. They have bigger names, a bigger payroll, but the same concept in trying to win games, get great starting pitching, rely on the bullpen, and hope to scratch across three or four runs. And that's how they win games. If you look at the wins they've had this season, a lot of one-run wins, a lot of uh, you know two-run wins, a lot of low-scoring two-nothing games, one-nothing, four-two, those types of games. That's what you're getting from these Yankees. They can't hit. They can't hit anyone. Steven Matt shuts them down six and two-thirds innings, ten strikeouts. Just another guy who hasn't been good in years shutting down the Yankees. It's Steven Matz, it's Matt Harvey, it's Joe Ross, it's Jordan Lyles, it's Michael Walker. The names go on and on. And at some point you'd think they'd break through against one of these guys, but they just haven't. And Cam Lewis, a uh, Blue Jays fan who writes about the Blue Jays, hosts a podcast about the Blue Jays on Blue Jays Nation, joined me again for the first time since opening day to talk about the Blue Jays. So let's get to it. All right, and joining me today to talk about the Blue Jays is Cam Lewis of Blue Jays Nation and the Blue Jays Nation podcast. Cam, uh, we haven't talked since opening day. It's been a while. Uh, things weren't going so well for the Yankees way back then and pretty much didn't go well for them in April. Things haven't gone well for the Blue Jays in the last week. I was hoping to get the chance to talk to you with uh, the Blue Jays losing streak extended, the Yankees winning streak extended, but that just didn't happen on Tuesday night at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, we just grinded through our worst stretch of the season by a wide margin. We had, we had things going quite well and then ran into the wall of the Boston Red Sox and Tampa Bay Rays and lost a whole bunch of heartbreaking games, blowing leads in the ninth inning, losing in extras, this and that. 
But then we went into the Bronx, and uh, everything got better. Steve Matz put together probably his best outing of the season. Now we're back in the win column. So that was a, a courteous play by the Yankees last night. Yeah, and that's sort of <laughs> the the recurring theme with this Yankees team is every uh, team's opposing starter seems to have their best start of the season. Some guys, the best start of their career. And if you're a pitcher right now, a starting pitcher who hasn't been good in five years or maybe has never been good, you want to see the Yankees because Matt shuts them down 10 strikeouts over six and two thirds. They recently lost to Matt Harvey, Joe Ross, Jordan Lyles, just a collection of guys who are, you know, barely hanging on to some time in the majors. And certainly Matt's is better than them, but just you can't have that, especially a left-handed guy against a right-handed heavy lineup. Uh, the Yankees' offense just it hasn't been there all season. They've oddly relied on their pitching, which hasn't been the case for the Yankees in about two decades now. Uh, but for the Blue Jays, a little different. They do rely on their offense. It's the pitching they've been worried about. Yeah, the pitching we had. So the Jays have basically had three starting pitchers going the whole year. There's been Hyunjin Ryu has been unreal, obviously. Robbie Ray's kind of figured it out. He's throwing strikes now. Uh, Steve Matz has been up and down. He's been good. He's been bad. He's been somewhere in the middle. He's been fine. And then we pretty much have two blank rotation spots filled by uh, some combination of like Ross Stripling or bullpen days, things like that. But it's never really a reliable start. So the Blue Jays have kind of had to put a lot of um, taxation on their bullpen. And it worked really well in April. But now I think the exhaustion and fatigue is kind of catching up and the bullpen is kind of imploding a bit. And that was really key in the Blue Jays' recent losing streak. So what we need is uh, the Jays need to find themselves two other starters so they can give their bullpen some rest. Yeah, and uh, they do need to do that because I've watched and I bet on the Blue Jays a lot over the last week. So they've hurt me you know, financially, maybe not the standings-wise. But what happened against them with the Rays uh, down in Florida, that was... That was a disaster, that series. No, oh, yeah, that was infuriating. There was, at the very least, the Jays should have come out of that series with Tampa 2-2. Two and two. It was the same thing with Boston. Like, there was only really one game where they... So they won the first game 8-0. They lost the second game. Stripling got lit up. They lost 7-3. And then the final game against Boston featured a ninth-inning blown lead. J.D. Martinez threw a home run. Lost 8-7. And then the games against Tampa were all close. They were all... I mean, the most recent one was a... 14 to 8 loss because they allowed you know six or seven runs or whatever it was in the uh 11th inning but i mean they're all tight and close games so i guess that's one positive thing you can take from a jays perspective is they're in all these games and their bats are flying specifically vlad jr's bat but it's just the relief pitching it's so gassed it's so exhausted they need to find two healthy consistent starting pitchers to round out the rotation well, maybe they'll find one on Wednesday night. I know they're calling up what I've seen as, I guess, yes. their, their, their fifth overall prospect or their fifth best prospect. Uh, doesn't bode well for the Yankees, a guy who's been lights out in AAA, a right-handed arm, not something the Yankees want to see. And generally, you know, in most recent time, when someone makes their major league debut against the Yankees as a starter, they usually end up beating the Yankees. Yeah, this is a really exciting one for Jays fans because, so who it is, it's, it's uh, Alec Manoa, who was the team's um, first round pick in uh, 2018. He's rocketed up the minor leagues. He, um, in his first in his first pro season, played in rookie ball, and then last year was at the alt site, and then they threw him all the way up to uh, AAA uh, playing with Buffalo. And he's made just three starts, but he's killed it. He's allowed only one earned run. Six innings each start. I think his strikeout to walk ratio is something like twenty five or twenty six to three, and he's just just been ridiculously dominant. So that's really exciting. If he can 
come up and fill one of those two spots. And then potentially if Nate Pearson can figure out how to throw strikes again in AAA and they call him up sometime soon, then those two holes are filled internally and you don't have to worry about trading prospects to get a starter to kind of salvage your rotation. Yeah, and with Nate Pearson, uh, there was some excitement. I know when he came up recently, didn't go as well as Jay's fans would hope. Uh, what's the issue with him? And I know you said they'd bring him back, hopefully, you know, somewhat in the near future. Uh, how far away do you think he is? It's really hard to say with Pearson because um, every time he comes up to the big league level, he completely loses his command. And the weird thing is, is that's never been really an issue for him in the minor leagues. His numbers have been great. But, I mean, Pearson doesn't have a huge body of work in the minors. He missed, uh, I think it was the full 2018 season. He broke his arm, getting hit like a, on a line drive, kind of a freak play. And then this year, he injured his groin in spring training, so he missed all of the spring training. And I think he might have been rushed back maybe a little bit too quick. And now there's and now he's back in AAA kind of uh, making an, uh, a change to his mechanics. He's trying to uh, be a little bit more whippy and less violent on his delivery because the organization is suggested to him if he does that then he's less inclined to get hurt so I would assume based on the fact that his one start against Houston when he came up a couple weeks ago was very bad that they're just going to give him an extended go in AAA and I think that's especially the case if Alec Manoa comes up you maybe don't want to have two rookies going at the exact same time you want to at least have Manoa hit the ground and kind of get it together and then give Pearson some time in AAA and then he'll come up maybe in like late June that kind of thing no, that makes sense. And at least offensively, you guys are doing the job. You know, the Yankees haven't done the job, like I said, all season. Uh, Marcus Simeon looks like an unbelievable free agent signing here early on. Certainly the injury to Biggio hurts, the injury to Springer, which he came back, then he went out again, hurts. Uh, but Vlad Guerrero Jr., this is the guy that everyone thought they'd see two years ago. Took him a little time, but hey, this is the guy who was the number one prospect in all of baseball a couple years ago. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see finally Vlad Jr. really breaking out. He's now found himself in the conversation for the Triple Crown. He's got 16 dingers, batting 337, 1121 OPS, just insanely good stuff. I mean, there's some amount of skepticism that his numbers are probably helped a little bit by the fact he was playing in Dunedin, and that's basically like more of a hitter-friendly park than Coors in Colorado. So you have to take that into account too. But I mean, just looking at his stat cast numbers and how hard he's hitting the ball, he's not really striking out more walks and strikeouts. Like it's pretty safe to assume that like Vlad Jr. has finally arrived regardless of getting the help from Dunedin Stadium. He's, yeah, he's here. And that's, that's really exciting for us. That's for sure. Yeah. And he hits a home run off Kluber on Tuesday night. And it wouldn't have been a Yankees Blue Jays game without fucking Randall Gritchuk hitting another home run. This guy, <laughs> we talked about this last time. This guy is unbelievable. He's David Ortiz 2.0 against the Yankees. Well, that's the exact same thing with the backup catcher for us too. So yeah, Danny Jansen, thankfully he struck out three times because I can't take the fucking eight, nine hitters and then Gritchuk just burning the Yankees every time. <laughs> Uh, but if you think about it, I mean, the Jays without Springer, without Biggio, they take that would remove panic from the lineup. What happens then with the rest of the lineup? You get those two guys back. Someone else has to be booted. Yeah, so the thing is, the Jays aren't really getting much from the bottom of the lineup right now. Lourdes Gurriel's been pretty cold to start the year. Rowdy Telez, same thing. Danny Jansen hasn't been hitting much either, so that's three guys at the bottom of the lineup that you kind of say, okay, if these guys are hitting, the lineup goes from good to elite. But those guys haven't been hitting, so the offense is just good. But basically what it is is you have Semyon, Bo, Bichette, Vlad, and Teoscar Hernandez, and Randall Rechuk's kind of on and off. 
those five, or I guess four or five, are, are really carrying it right now. And as soon as you get specifically George Springer in, like the <laughs> he's only played like two games, but <laughs> the two games he did play, their offense, their offense really exploded those few games. They had him at the top of the lineup, gives them a power threat. So hopefully he's back soon, but there really isn't any word. They I think they rushed him back a little bit last time. So let's hope they just take it slow and he's actually healthy when he returns. I think my the best feeling I have about the Blue Jays right now is that Tyler Chatwood's been great for them because, I mean, he came into the game on Tuesday night. He he walks Gardner. Luke Voigt then decides he's going to fucking swing at the first pitch when Tyler Chatwood can't find the strike zone like an idiot. But Tyler Chatwood, the more the better he does, the better that is for the Yankees because Tyler Chatwood's not any good, and at some point he's going to blow up in a big spot. So I need the Blue Jays to keep believing in him in high-leverage situations. Oh, man, Tyler Chatwood's been... He's been the, the 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 bullpen ace this year. It's really outside of that. Really outside of that um, outing against. Um, he he was involved in one of the blown saves against Tampa. He loaded the bases and they pulled him for somebody else. And the next guy came in, allowed all the runs to score. Before that, he had only allowed one run all season. He's just been unreal. He's been the the most uh, the most consistent arm back there, which is funny because. When they signed him, it was kind of like, is this guy going to be a starter or what are they doing here? And then it was like, oh, no, we're going to put him in the bullpen. And all of a sudden, he's throwing significantly harder. and He's way better. And it's like, OK, that's a that's shocking, but I'll take it. Yeah, no, I know. And when the Cubs got him and they thought they would sort of do the same thing, maybe like a hybrid guy you could start sometimes. Then he ended up in the bullpen most of the time. But he was awful for them. He's been pretty oh, yeah. bad in his career so this is sort of uh this is odd to see him succeed for such a extended amount of time yeah you see it happen though it's uh you know sometimes the guys just don't have the ability to be you know starters and then or even a multi-inning reliever and then they just find a place a different team that's willing to just let them be a one-inning bullpen guy and your stuff plays up more to that level because i mean let's be real here like that's ultimately what a reliever is as a pitcher who wasn't good enough to be a starter but chatwood seems to have found a home in like the seventh or eighth perhaps the ninth inning for the blue jays so let's just hope it keeps working <laughs> <laughs> well the last time we talked i told you how jealous i was blue jays fans uh with their young core with the way they started the season certainly things haven't gone right the last couple weeks here as they're now just one game over 500 but i still am jealous i mean you look at the young core here they're still uh they're still growing they're still you know blossoming into what they will be whereas the yankees you know we were in this spot four years ago hasn't worked out nothing to show for it over these last four years but when you watch this blue jays team they truly scare me. And I know the Yankees haven't played the Rays well now for three-plus years, but it's the Blue Jays' uh, you know, record, whatever it is right now, being one game over five hundred. In the long run, they're really the team that scares me. For Blue Jays fans, is it the Yankees or is it the Rays in the division that scares you? Uh, I'd say quite honestly it is the Rays. Um, I think it's the division in general that's – it's there's, there's a lot of depth here. It's very good. I think – I mean, I think the Yankees are a strong team, like, they're a playoff team. I also think the Red Sox are pretty good too. I'm, I, I wanted them to fall off a cliff, but I think they will. Something. I think they will. Yeah, I want them to. I really do. But I think they've. I don't know what Alex Cora's got going on or how he's getting guys to know what pitch is coming. But it just <laughs> seems like something. We all know there's got to be something going on there. Whatever it is, who knows? But I think they'll be at least a 500 team. They're decent. And then the Rays, man. The Rays are just. The Rays are impossible. They're so frustrating. Like, uh, there's nonstop with these good pitchers and then all these random guys you've never heard of just coming up and hitting home runs. And then they're going to have Wander Franco, who's the number one prospect in baseball, now coming up soon-ish. Like, man, oh, man. They, it, it just never ends with those guys. Just so much, so much talent. So frustrating. So difficult to play. 
Yeah, I agree. And then when they traded away Blake Snell and everyone's like, oh, here the Rays go again. They don't want to pay anyone. And it's like, no, they're just going to get fucking three other guys that'll be unbelievable for oh, yeah. seven years. That's what always happens. That's what they do. They just they, they turn one guy into three better guys and then one of those guys into three better guys and just, it never ends. And they just have, like, I don't even, like, I can't think of another team in baseball right now, not even the Dodgers, that has that amount of quality depth in their organization that Tampa does. It's, 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 it's awful. I hate it. Yeah, I, I know. I, I miss the days of like Andy oh. Sonnenstein being their ace and stuff. You know, those yeah, are, the those Devil t- Rays days. Take it <laughs> yeah. back to that when they, were, when they were just completely dog shit. <laughs> well, before I let you go, I know it's been a rough week outside of the Blue Jays because I know from Twitter you're an Oilers fan. So, oh, God. what? I mean, that's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. As the Jays were going and losing those six games in a row, all of which pretty much were blown leads or heartbreakers, the Edmonton Oilers went and got swept by the fucking Winnipeg Jets in the first round, which is, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Like <laughs> top, the top two scores in the league, Connor McDavid has one of the best seasons in NHL history, and then, and then that. So yeah. who knows? I, I, I don't even know what to say. I haven't even fully processed it yet, but. Uh, that's what happens when you cheer for the Edmonton Oilers. Like, I'm, I'm waiting expect? for the uh, the stories to come out. Like Oilers need to trade McDavid. Those will oh, be great. We're, we're getting there. I mean, six years, one playoff series win. We're we're getting to the point where you're going to start seeing some crazy stories like that. Oh, that's what everyone's saying now. They're like, "When's this guy going to demand a trade? When's he going to demand a trade?" And I'm just like, "Oh, I don't want to read this. I just want to like go outside and bury my head in a hole." I know. And then the same week, Gretzky leaves the team to go do take a TV <laughs> job. So what? Edmonton things oh. are not going well. Yeah, the second time that Wayne Gretzky's left. Wayne Gretzky around too, hey? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but, but I mean, from an Oilers standpoint, you know, I, I didn't feel like they were the best team in the league. Certainly, I felt like they were better than, you know, four games and get swept and barely get past where the Flames got past and uh, what the Canucks did. But, I mean, were, were they a championship caliber team to you? What was your expectation? Certainly wasn't this. No, I didn't think they were a Stanley Cup contender. Like, I thought, so the way I thought it was going to pan out is, uh, in the Canadian division, uh, Edmonton and Toronto would play each other in the second round. The Leafs are quite good. They're probably the only legitimate contender out of Canada right now. I, I mean, I guess you could probably say that about Winnipeg, given the way they played the Oilers. But I thought the Leafs were the team to beat there. And I thought Edmonton would beat Winnipeg because they beat them seven of nine times in the season. Like, yeah. they, 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 they played them really well. And then the series, they just, you know, they lost three consecutive overtime games. And they they outshot Winnipeg in all of the games except for one. So it's like... They really should be, right now, at least sitting like down three one in the series or tied two two or something. Like they weren't, they didn't get blown out. It was just that they just, I don't know. It's just they they lack the ability to kind of close a game out down the stretch. They lack the ability to kind of like come up with a clutch goal or get a big bounce. It was just, it was frustrating and unfortunate. But I'm not going to try and get too upset about it. It's like okay, like I never thought this team was going to win the Stanley Cup. They're a middling playoff team and. They ran into a hawk goalie. It is what it is. Now they have to have a big off season and push their team above where they're at. Because if you waste another McDavid Leon Drysaddle year, then I just don't know what you're doing. I agree. And to lose the way they did on a puck that bounced in the neutral zone while the D's changing <laughs> is unfortunate. <laughs> to me, the Oilers. I don't know how you think you're ever going to win with Mike Smith in goal, but it just seems like that's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, it's my. You know, the goaltending was fine this year. It was okay in the playoffs too, but. It's it's for me it's the it's the lack of depth scoring. It's they have these two unbelievably good guys, and then after that, it's nobody else on the team is going to score a goal. There's there's no offense at all. Like your third and fourth lines, like you have to, all you can expect is for them to break even and not allow anything against. And then 
Otherwise, you're just you're relying on two guys and you put them on the same line together and the other team just has a game plan and shuts them down. It's like you're kind of just setting yourself up for failure if that's the way your roster's put together, right? Yeah, no. Well, Cam, at least you got the Blue Jays back in the win column against the Yankees. They've owned the Yankees this season. Uh, maybe things will change for the rest of this series. So two games left to go. Thanks again for taking the time to come on as always. And uh, we'll check in again as the season progresses. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on, and uh, enjoy the uh, Alec Manoa debut. Hopefully, that's uh, <laughs> hopefully that's a memorable one. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> thanks again. Cool. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks again to Cam for taking the time to come on and talk about the Blue Jays. Two huge games here to finish up this series. Two important games for the division standings, for the division race, for what could determine who goes into the ALDS, who goes to the one-game playoff, who goes home later in the season so the Yankees offense maybe it'll come alive at some point it hasn't yet through 48 games maybe it's the 49th game where things change that'll do it for today Yankees Blue Jays second game of the series on Wednesday night at the stadium I'll be I'll be back after the game to talk about it thanks for listening talk to you after the game